0: Here she is, Andrea Kay. I'm so
1: ready. Boy, get steady. Cause I'm the one that you're looking for. Woo hoo! Hump day.
2: (laughs) Yes, it is hump day, and we are humping our way over the weekend tonight with a great show for you guys. I feel glad that you decided to tune in tonight. That's what I got to say to y'all on this beautiful San Diego evening. Just what glorious weather we're having here today. I'm in a very, very good mood in spite of all the stuff happening in the world because I get to come here and hang out with the best people on the planet. Hey, if you want to be a part of the show, you can give us a little shout. Give us a little ringy dingy on our live call in line, which is 888-344-1170. Did I get that number right? Give me a naughty poo in the booth over there.
3: That is correct. <laughs> Very good. In case you miss it, it's 1-888-344-1170.
2: Thank you, Radio Bob, with that amazing radio voice. <laughs> Pump
3: the water into your cottage.
2: <laughs> I think I'm not the only one in a good mood tonight. Um, of course, a Financial Thought Doctor will be here for the next hour, so you're going to want to hang around and hear him. He always makes me laugh. We always have a great time as we talk about the breaking news that's happening today. In relation to, uh, not breaking news necessarily, uh, about our economy and the potential deal in order to try to cut the spending. I don't know that I see any of that happening. But anyway, he will be with us later on in the show. How many people are aware that this week is the 80th anniversary of the Holocaust? I mean, we hear the N-word being thrown around a lot, and I mean Nazi. Uh, You know, I, I can't go on any of the socials, particularly Twitter, without some lefty trying to call me a Nazi, right? But how many of them actually know anything about the Holocaust? How it started, what it was all about, and whether or not we are repeating ourselves in some way to the Holocaust. And I, as I said recently on a TV interview I did, and he's, uh, we have a, a, a historian who's going to be on to share about that the bottom half of the hour. Um, I don't have a problem with things being compared to the Holocaust if they're accurate. So I don't want to be told that as conservatives, we can't compare to the Holocaust if, our comparison in terms of the political situation leading up to it is relevant. And so um, I'm, di- I'm disappointed that we, we're we not seeing – have you seen uh, – well, let me bring in my pod crime every night of the week. It's DJ Potato Skins. What's, up? What's up? Have you been seeing – you know, you watch a lot of media. You have to in order to – It's required. It is required. It's part of your yay Yep. Um, have you been saying anything, any, I saw one little blip, I saw a little video out of Israel that they were um, having a moment of pause. I think it was a minute of silence on the street. And that's the only thing I've heard about the Holocaust.
3: I've heard absolutely nothing. I've had a couple of internal emails come from a couple of great nonprofits in the area. Other than that, Andrea, nothing. I think if I had to just put it out there, dare I say, it's almost just as forgotten as 9-11. It's terrible. It breaks my heart. Two of the most important things that have happened in history. And that's like they never existed.
2: Six million Jews. Six million Jews. Slaughtered, burned alive, gassed, whatever, simply because they were Jews. One of the most
3: horrific events in history.
2: And Israel is, is, is supposed to be our greatest and tightest ally. And we didn't I didn't hear anything from the Biden White House. Nope. I didn't hear anything from Congress. Nope. No mention of this while anti-Semitic hate crimes are on the rise in this country. So um, I, I'm going to be talking about it tonight with my special guest coming up at the bottom half of the hour. Uh, feel free to email me at Uh We have a 24-hour hotline you can call in on. And by the way, uh, since I'm hungry and I'm always starving, uh, if you want to send a little DoorDashy or a little Uber Eats, uh, we might let you up the elevators to come and deliver a little food. And by the way, that's a joke. I
3: Andrea, but uh, yes. we maybe you should have Brian Maloney on tonight because tonight I'm having it's in the fridge I got spicy fried chicken
2: mm, good for you my man you know what I was thinking about uh, uh, earlier a few a few uh, uno momentos ago mm. I was thinking of that radish casserole
3: oh I'm glad you enjoyed that was really quite the yum I gotta get you the recipe so mm. you can make a whole pot full
2: Okay, I don't know how many people out there listening were up until midnight last night trying to get their return, their IRS return. We had an extension here in California till October, but there's still, um, I have people around the country listening. Um, I I would hope that anybody, if anybody here in California did have an opportunity, I think all but seven counties were given the extension. But we know that nationally... How many Americans do you think, how many millions of Americans sat up last night until midnight desperately trying to figure out how to get their return filed online electronically to the IRS in time? Um, it used to be people running down. To, we used to have the big mail center, uh, the post office open in the Midway District. It was open till midnight, and they'd be out there with the bags, that. allowing you to drop off your envelopes. How many people sat up last night thinking, I don't want to have to pay penalties, but I don't have the money to pay this tax bill right now? now around this country how many people around this country are being audited right now and they're small business owners and they're scared to death how many people have been harassed how many people have uh, family members that are jan 6 defendants how many people are are worried because they've got the government breathing down their back in some way or another with some type of investigation you might want to change your party affiliation Because according to a new IRS whistleblower, although we kind of already knew this, there's an IRS whistleblower that's come out and said he has information that suggests that the Biden administration is improperly handling the investigation into Biden's uh, son, Hunter. Well, I don't know that we needed an IRS whistleblower to tell us what we can see with our own eyes, because we know what was on the Hunter Biden laptop. We've seen emails that were extracted. I mean, we know Tucker Carlson. He interviewed the Bobulinski dude who was Hunter Biden's partner. We've seen the emails, emails that prove that Joe Biden lied when he said he never had any conversations, never had anything to do with it. We know that there were meetings. We've seen emails. We know who the big guy is for 10%. We've seen spreadsheets of money. We know that there was money laundering going on. We we can see that he did deals that were at, at, at best case grossly, inappropriate obviously influence peddling from the office of the vice presidency we've seen the payments that were made we know it's we've seen that hunter biden was listed as the owner of the house where the classified documents were in the in the garage with the what was it? The Corvette? Yeah, it was a Corvette that he said he had parked in the garage. And Hunter Biden was charging his dad $55,000 a month rent or something. And it was a $1 million home. Well, a million dollar home is a is that's a hefty mortgage, but it still's not $55,000 a month. We've seen the evidence. What's different here is there's actually a whistleblower who says he's got the evidence His his attorney sent a letter to Congress Tuesday. He is a Career Internal Revenue uh, Service IRS Criminal Supervisory Special Agent. He says he has information that would contradict sworn testimony by, quote, a senior political appointee. The supervisor also has information about a failure to mitigate clear conflicts of interest in the ultimate disposition of the case, according to the letter. So um he's asking for whistleblower protections. He needs more than whistleblower protections. Hey Eric Chimarella got the whistleblower protections on that phony Ukrainian whistleblower uh deal that got Trump in- indicted. Um this guy's going to this guy's going to need more than just whistleblower protections. This guy's going to need like a nice security detail, right? Otherwise he might be Vince fostered. Hunter Biden, uh, uh, now, Mayor Garland has said, that, let me back up here. Uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office that's doing the investigation is a Trump appointee. That doesn't necessarily mean anything to me. You want to know why? This guy, David Weiss, was kept on by Joe Biden. That has me, that, that to me means he's a little sus as to whether or not he's really going to be pursuing this. Because quite frankly, what's taking him so long? That Hunter Biden, that, quote, laptop from hell, Miranda, story Miranda Devine put on New York Post about the laptop. She called it that. She titled her article that because people already knew what the goods were. That was fall of 2019. If everybody today, all these conservatives are like a news media, are like oh, David Weiss is on this. Well, where's he been? Within like a year of the Trump administration, that uh, Robert Mueller. And the FBI and the DOJ is a special prosecutor, they had how many people in Trump's circle dragged out of their homes at 5 a.m. in the morning and arrested? I, I don't want to hear any conservative media outlet. I, you know, John Solomon's done some good work, but he gets a little too excited in predicting heads are going to roll. And so far, his predictions haven't been accurate. And when I hear him gushing over this David Weiss, I'm like, well, if you read this article here, too, and I think this might have come from just the news. No, this is Wall uh, Wall Street Journal. Um, Merrick Garland is praising this guy. He says that, uh, uh, and and to me, any friend of Merrick Garland's is not a friend of mine when it comes to justice. I'm wondering if, if this article is true and what he's being investigated for is IRS stuff. It's pretty simple. They relied on a background check for guns, although I think that would come under the FBI or maybe ATF violations. It's a federal crime. That wouldn't come under the IRS. Um, It it seems pretty straightforward. Why hasn't David Weiss impaled a, a, a grand jury? Why hasn't there been subpoenas? Why hasn't David Weiss arrested Hunter Biden? So, before everybody gets all excited I, I want to see what this whistleblower is going to come forth with, because I think that what what can make the case here is i don't care whether or not hunter biden ultimately ultimately I would like to see him face the full weight of of the U.S. government, because my understanding of the Hunter Biden laptop is it includes sexual activity and photos of underage women. I would like to see him go to jail for life, if that's true. I would like to see him suffer under the federal government for white-collar crimes. Um, I know somebody that was indicted for five counts, and each count carried 20 years. So, basically, if what we've heard that's on the Hunter Biden laptop is true, he should be facing pretty much a lifetime behind bars. But if he just got a few years, the le- as much as the left wanted to see a perp walk from Donald Trump, I want to see it from Hunter Biden. The difference is, Hunter Biden's obviously committed crimes. In fact, the ATF, somebody from the ATF was asked a question in a congressional hearing recently, and he said, what's the penalty if somebody lies on a background check? Five years? Oh, no, we amended that. It's up to 20 years now. And the guy says, well, why, why hasn't Hunter Biden been arrested? Sir, I can't answer any questions on ongoing investigations. So I'm hoping that this whistleblower will be granted the whistleblower protections and that we're actually going to uh, at least have the public aware, although that's kind of tough, too. I mean, I would say that if we can't get an arrest and we can't get a perp walk and we can't get them behind bars to where, because if we don't get some accountability in this country, if we continue to have two sets of laws for the Democrats and the peasants, the elites and the rest of us, this country is never going to recover. It's never going to recover. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to shift gears. So lots of stupidity happening on The View today. whole lot of stupidity. This case, though, it wasn't actually one of the Haints who hosts The View. It was actually a guest. And we're going to talk about it when we come back from the break.
0: Andrea Kaye Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Update on the lint in my eyeball. Remember, I, 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 I still haven't been able to
3: retrieve hey, this. Breaking thing. news:
2: <laughs> A K cannot get the lint out of her eyeball. But I decided I still wanted to be on Facebook Live tonight and say hi to all y'all. Um, out there. So I tried to cover up how bad mess my right eye is. I got my lashes on tonight. Not All twitching
3: right. as much, I hope.
2: No, it's not. I don't need a pirate patch. Um, my, uh, yeah, but I it was twitching so bad last night. Have you ever had? It was my lower. I, have. I know exactly
3: <gasps> what what you're going through.
2: My uh, lower eyelid was twitching so bad last night. Anyway, um, I don't know what was going on with this woman today. Um, uh, so have you ever heard of the actress named Patty Lupone?
3: No. <laughs> I have not.
2: This clip went viral today from The View, and, and it's an actually seriously bad, awful, ridiculous, hateful, terrible comment that she made. But one of the things that cracked me up so much about the story is that from Charlie Kirk, every conservative person i heard about and i don't think i listen to any lady shows today they all mispronounced her name which cracked me up because that how meant did they say her name patty lupon patty I, I think charlie Lepone. i think charlie kirk called her luponi <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell he wasn't like trying to be clever and how so he, he thought it was pronounced yeah because nobody knew who this woman was The last time she did anything that anybody would know, I think she's done some stage stuff in New York, but the last TV she did, I think was, um, I don't even remember the name of the show. It was from the 80s, and it had a Down Syndrome character in it. It was a really cute family show, super cute show, and she played the mom. Oh, I know the show. It was such a darling show. It really was. Life goes on. Life goes on. That's how long, nobody knew who this woman was today. But before we play her, her um, ridiculous comment, I think we have to play the clip that I think at least one of the comments by Ron DeSantis that actually spurred the haints and their hatred today on The View. Skins, please play clip six.
0: If we as a society say that, that, that a man that puts on a dress, dresses as a woman, and then, quote, identifies as a woman is actually a woman, that is not true, Okay. And so if you're telling me right on brother, if you're telling me that I have to accept, uh, that that is a woman, you're asking me to be complicit in a lie and that I will not do. Uh, and so part of this is about, are we going to have a society that's rooted in truth uh, or are we going to have a society that's unmoored from truth and is basically being swept, swept away with different ideological currents? Because if you're saying that that is uh, a woman, uh, you're putting ideology ahead of, of truth and reason.
2: I think that is one of the most clear, concise, spot on, spot on answers and way to speak up against this movement. I think he could go hard hitting a little bit more to explain why the left is pushing this ideology that's not rooted in truth and reason. I think, you know, I I think it wasn't just this comment that got these people upset. It's also the fact of what that he has done. I think we mentioned that didn't DeSantis just pass a law in Florida that that any doctor participating in the transing and the medical abuse and mutilation of children would lose their medical license in the state of Florida. So he is, is, so, um, I, it, I've yet to hear what his plan would be. Being president is not the same thing as being a governor. I have not yet heard what his plan would be. He's all over the country, obviously running a shadow campaign. There are citizens in Florida that are upset at DeSantis that he's out on the campaign trail, even though he hasn't admitted he's running when they're short on gas down in South Florida. Um, so I think he runs a little risk there. I think he might need to get home, but obviously this tour was planned a long time in advance. Um, But clearly, Ron DeSantis has been at the forefront of pushing back against the crazy. And we need to not call it woke ideology anymore. It's a buzzword that people understand. Um but I think we've got it, we he, he's doing really good on the messaging on it. And so so then you've got the haints today on the view getting all upset over his comments and his actions as a governor and uh here is clip 7 of Patty Lupone. The
1: and <laughs> the LGBTQ. Well that's extremely upsetting. Yeah. That is extremely upsetting. Yeah. These are human beings. Yeah. And I could cry. They're not harming anybody.
2: Can you stop it right there for just a second, my man? I got to stop it because Patty, dear... You've been on Broadway a little too long. They got to go really big when they're overacting on, on the stage because they, they've, they've got to play to the back row, right? And she just really, she, it, she forgot that she was in a different medium on TV today. And so she really went a little too hard with pretending like she was choking back tears, forgetting that in TV, they can tell when it's phony, right? I mean, this was Amber Heard on trial, level bad acting. Carry on.
1: I mean, this I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, and I've said this before and I'm going to get in trouble. But I have said this before, and it's been in print. I don't know what the difference between our Christian right and the Taliban is. I have no idea what the difference is. You're not the only person who's said that. Mm. I don't. I I, I just don't know what the difference is. What's happening in this country right now in the name of religion is so dangerous. And it's not this country. It's not America as far as... And, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't know America was an experiment. (laughs) They never said America was an experiment. When we were growing up, it was... A democracy, and now it's in—you know—such danger. It's so upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so upsetting, and it's upsetting to hear the loudest voices, and not any kind of pushback to the loudest voices that are the extremity in this country. <laughs> well, that's why we need people like you. That speak out, oh, please. <laughs>
2: Can you see why most actresses, you know, like her, she clearly needs a script because all she could say over and over, she couldn't articulate anything, but it was so upsetting. It's just so upsetting. And the loudest voices are the extremity. I think she's confused extremist wing with extremities, which was a great play and movie. Farrah Fawcett was amazing in extremities, by the way. But a um, couple things here. Um, you know you're dealing with a low-information individual and low-information voter and somebody who has absolutely no grasp on anything going on, no ability to articulate an argument when they have to trot out the Christians are, are the same as the Taliban nonsense. It is not Christians pushing mutilation of children. We're not pushing any of this crap. I don't know what the difference is between our Christian right and the Taliban. Uh, these, These are human beings, she says. They're not harming anybody. Children are being harmed.
3: Oh, there's harm going on.
2: Children are being ruined and destroyed. Project Veritas has has uh, videos out. There's 11 minutes. I'm going to go through it tonight and pull out clips of, of, of a person who's trying to have a movement or lead a movement of detransitioners to try to stop this crap because this was somebody that was, that was preyed upon as a child, convinced to start taking puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, now regrets it, and the damage was done. She and all the left of the extremity people on the far left are are the party that needs to be stopped. They're the loud voices that need pushback. They're the evil child abusers that are literally ruining lives and murdering children, just like the Taliban, right? It's the Taliban as well as, there's a variety of different Islamist sects and Islamist, you know, wings, Sunni and Shia and this and that and that. But under Sharia, they all believe that women should be stoned, for being raped and they all believe in female genital mutilation which is the mutilation of 12 year old girls and 11 year old girls with rusty knives having their genitals hacked. So quite frankly it's you secularists that are the same as the Taliban and we couldn't even get Democrats in a lot of places in the U.S. to ban female genital mutilation of little girls. So don't you dare try to complain, compare Christians to the Taliban. At one point she says um uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you know, I've I. I. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. That's right. You don't. And when you are that ignorant and that stupid, you might want to zip it. And the view producers might want to think about, you know, before they bring somebody on that's a no-name d-lister wannabe from who had one TV show in the '80s on. They might want to rethink it because I don't think this did very well for them. All right, we're going to take a break. And speaking of another. Um, was it it was the Muslim Brotherhood we've talked about Christians and the Taliban let's now talk about the Muslim Brotherhood uh, partnering with uh, Hitler on the Holocaust I'm not sure if the historian we have next with us is going to reference that but he will be here on this 80th anniversary of the Holocaust it's Robert Paxton and he has written a book about it and he will be here to talk all about it stay tuned
0: Andrea K bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Don't forget that if you miss tonight or any part of any show, and you or you just want can or you just missing me some afternoon and you want to hear a little AK don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast and they are, are up to date, are they not my man skins? With the
3: exception of last night and tonight which will be up after the show tonight. All
2: right, very good. There you have it. All right, joining me now oh, at the top of the show skins and I were lamenting the fact that we've heard almost no mention. I've literally heard one tiny mention of the fact that this is the 80th anniversary of the Holocaust, which is the biggest stain in my opinion on the entire world. And it's it's something that's near and dear to my heart. I think I mention it frequently on the show. And one of the things that I've mentioned is the word, the N-word Nazi gets thrown around. And this party blank says that what this party is doing is just like what happened to cause the Holocaust. And that's said over here. How many people actually know Really, what led to the Holocaust and what was the cause of it? Well, historian Dan McMillan has actually spent about four decades in the journey to understand that. And he's, he's written it and compiled this into a book called How Could This Happen? Explaining the Holocaust. And he's here to do just that, explain the Holocaust to us. Hi, Dan McMillan. Uh, thank you for being here on tonight's Andrea K. Show.
4: Well, Andrea, thank you so much for having me.
2: Well, um, our, uh, before you t- go into explaining to us how it got started, are you as surprised as I am that it almost doesn't get mentioned anymore, except in the the sense of throwing it out around at each other as a pejorative, call name calling exercise? I've heard very little mentioned, really, pretty much none at all, that this is the 80th anniversary.
4: Well, you know, today is the 80th anniversary of the of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. You know, in okay. 1943. And uh, but yesterday was Yamashoah, the remembrance date on the Hebrew calendar, and tomorrow is hitler's birthday so it's it is remarkable to me actually, how little coverage i've seen um It's something that frankly, I feel we can never talk about too much um, but I think probably in in one sense, I think one reason why we don't talk more about it is just that it is so very few people feel they understand why it happened, and I think that's because whenever we try to explain it, uh it's just so easy to get drowned in all the details because yeah. it's a very complex picture. And I had to, I put a lot of effort into writing this book that puts all the pieces of the puzzle together in an adjustable overview. But even then, most of that detail is too much to absorb in a conversation. But I think I've arrived at really kind of the best way to approach it, which is to say that although there are many causes that are important, the single most important thing we need to know, and really this is what makes the Holocaust the Holocaust. I think it's the reason why it's the only historical event that frightens us. What I most want people to know is that the people who did this because they saw no reason to not do it. That is to say that at this one moment in time, this one place that the ruling class of maybe our most advanced society decided and affirmed and stated Uh, that individual human life has absolutely no intrinsic value whatsoever. I mean, in every other war or killing, the killers had dehumanized their victims. Human life has been cheapened. But in the Holocaust, there was this absolute moral nihilism. Uh, The most extreme expression was that they treated the Jewish people as vermin in human form. They saw them as a virus, wanted to eradicate everywhere. But they also place no value on the lives of any other group of human beings, including 200,000 Germans that they murdered just to save the expense of taking care of them, Germans with disabilities, and 3 million, 3 million Soviet POWs, 2 million uh, citizen, Christian citizens of Poland, in addition to the 3 million Jewish Poles, and so on. And so that, I think, is more manageable. And it's, I think it is also the reason why the Holocaust is the only event that frightens us, and thus the only event that people deny. Because, Andrea, this is really a direct assault on the meaning and value of your life, of my life, mm-hmm. the life of everyone in our audience, every human being that has ever lived. And I think there are kind of three factors that came together in time that allow us to put ourselves back in that state of mind and understand how it came about. One was the the, the horrifying slaughter of as many as 10 million young men in the First World War, including 2 million, more than 2 million Germans. And as a fraction of the German population, if you scale that up to our population today, it'd be as if we lost 10 million killed in action. Wow. And think about how that would affect the way we look at the world. And it just, it cheapened life, it lowered the bar for violence, it made killing people by the millions just seem like an unremarkable fact of life. The second was social Darwinist racism that is, what was really a simplistic and, you know, incorrect imp- application of Darwin's theory of evolution to national selection to, to human affairs, to human societies, and there was this belief uh, among elites, not in Germany, but in our country too. It's it's what it's actually what guided our immigration law in 1924 that was designed to keep out Eastern and Southern Europeans. That every you know every nation ethnicity was a race and that had evolved further than other races from the apes and evolved in different ways, and each race had its inborn characteristics, and some were much more valuable than others, which also meant that some were worthless. And that kind of also cheapened life. And I guess the third, the hardest for us to understand is that in a way, in the mind of so many Germans, and especially fanatical Nazis in the SS who carried out the killings, Adolf Hitler was really almost a god, He was seen as infallible, as an instrument of divine providence, which is also how he described himself. And consequently, nothing that he said or commanded could be immoral. And that glorification of Hitler, the way that Hitler became really the source of all law and morality in Germany, dissolved dissolved all moral constraints on human action. And so it's a perfect storm of these three factors that came together and created this, this horrible moment. When this was possible, Uh, I also kind of feel a need to just kind of also point out that I don't see how I mean, none of those factors is is here today. Today, we know that all the different nationalities of the world are not separate races, that there is one race, the human race. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're never going to have. I mean, you know, there are going to be dictatorships in future. There are dictatorships today, like in China. I don't think we're ever going to see a political system where a single individual is glorified to the degree that Hitler was. That was a fluke. And the third is also that, you know, for all the cruelty in the world today, we, especially in the first world, in countries like ours, we really have come to value human life, I think, more highly than anyone on the planet did 80 years ago.
2: Well, I might and have to interrupt. I might have to interrupt you and and disagree sure, sure. with you there, um, okay. Mr. McMillan, okay. just from the standpoint of when I see here in the United States of America, okay. we're one of three countries in the world, I believe, that allows to kill unborn children up until it, it through in in the birth canal, which is barbaric. That to me is infanticide. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the crime wave happening across this country, um, it just inter- the amount. Of violence, like the mob in Chicago over the weekend attacking this this you know woman, and just the
1: mm-hmm. you know uh,
2: you know I grew up in the South where everybody you know I talk about it all the time. These everybody had guns and loaded gun racks, and these guns we didn't have this kind of mass shooting going on. I feel like at least yeah. in America our culture has become become one that just doesn't value life anymore, and we've because we've we've replaced so much of, of God with the state. We've t- taken God out of our out of our culture culture so Mm -hmm. much and we've just become so coarse and i believe so much of it started with roe v wade um i think i have to think that we're talking to uh Dr. Dan Mcmillan, who's written a book that I cannot wait to get my hands on. How could this happen? I became fascinated I with the, yeah, well, I you know my anytime my parents told me I couldn't watch something or read something, I knew it was good, so I needed to go re- read it <laughs> and And when I was little, Meryl Streep had there was a mini series on. remember there used to be all these mini series? Yes. The Holocaust, and Mom and Daddy wouldn't let me watch it because they said it would give me nightmares. And from then on, of course, I had to read what I could and watch everything that I you know, could get my hands on about the Holocaust, because I knew it had to be good and gripping, and, and it was. And nothing has affected me, probably, You know, I've been to many museums in my life, but to go to the Holocaust Museum to see the shoes, something about the shoes.
4: Yes. Oh, my is, gosh. You know, the, the shoes of all the victims, because oh. the, the Germans... And also what's what's really I don't know if they may not have this at the museum, but they have this at the Auschwitz Museum. In a lot of, in many of the death camps, the Germans sheared off women's hair mm. with the intention of making textiles from them. Now there's some doubt as to whether any textiles were actually made, but they they processed the bodies of their Jewish victims as if they were animal carcasses. And that's it's an terrible. example of the extreme dehumanization that again, I think you see only... I'm not saying that the Holocaust was worse than other genocides or that the suffering of the Jewish victims is more important. I'm not saying that at all. But there's something about the, the the unbelievable moral depravity of the killers that really kind of that touches the nerve in all of us, and I think in you too, obviously, but through your interests. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And, you know, um, I I try to be careful to not raise comparisons to the Holocaust. I think it tends to be done by conservatives and Republicans in terms of tactics that Hitler used in terms of policy. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether it was gun policy or, you know, um, making people wear the star, you know, I think the tactics and policy at the time is where people are drawing comparisons. Do you, do you see within, the, and, and I don't know if you talk about this in the book, do you see in the lead-up to the Holocaust any similarities in terms of politics and policy uh, between um, different parties here and what was going on there?
4: It's, it's very, very different. There's one important similarity that I do want to highlight. I I, I do want to say that when I see in our politics today – Uh, anyone in politics suggesting that another American is behaving like a Nazi, I think that is such a gross exaggeration, and it's not helpful. But And and I don't like that. You know, altogether, I feel that so much of the ugliness in our politics is coming from politicians who divide us for their own purposes. I don't think this is what most Americans want. But the thing I do see similar is, you know, uh, is I feel that the – you know, here in the land of its birth, the democratic form of government is on the ropes. Uh, I don't want to hijack our discussion, but just to mention that, you know, my current uh, full-time occupation, I, I founded and lead a strictly nonpartisan effort to get big money out of politics. Mm. And my view is that, that basically we have a government that is for sale to high-dollar campaign donors because election campaigns are so expensive, right. and that we, the people, have basically been robbed of our, of our same government. That's that's not the same. Nonetheless, we don't have a fascist movement with 800,000 members like the Nazis. And I just don't I do not see Americans as capable of remotely the levels of violence that we saw back then.
2: I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that. And I think that, um, however, you do say in your book, uh, you know, we need to have an understanding of past mistakes in order to prevent them from ever happening again. So I guess I should say right now that from our discussion that you don't see it happening again, at least not here in the U.S.?
4: Yeah, I think that in any of the sort of what we call the first world countries, the world's wealthy societies, I, I, I mean, obviously no one has a crystal ball, but I find it almost impossible to imagine another genocide. On the other hand, we have broad reaches of the world that you know, are badly impoverished or where the governments are just a disaster, where supplies of food and water are already inadequate. We have extreme weather events that threaten these supplies of food and water. We have droughts and floods and so on. And I think the potential of you know wars fought over resources, of famine, leading to war and genocide, I think the potential in those parts of the world, like Latin America or Africa, greater Middle East, I think the potential there at least is horrifying. Uh, Maybe we will make economic and technological breakthroughs that will allow us to save people. But I tell you, I, I, I frankly don't like to think about that because it's hard to sleep at night if I do. But on the other hand, we shouldn't, we should not be pessimistic. We should not give in to pessimism. We should acknowledge that we in our civilization have made moral progress. I'd still think that we are a lot better than we were 60 years ago or 100.
2: Well, I appreciate you so much being here and for writing this book. Like I said, this is going to be um, part of, a part of my spring and summer reading list. And oh, you've, bless you. Well, thank you. And you've certainly gotten some high praise from uh, some people who have written about it who have read it. And so I just can't wait. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Tell everybody how they can find the book and, um,
4: and if there's any yes. other... It was published several years ago, so you won't see it in bookstores anymore, but... It's on Amazon. My name is Dan McMillan, and the title is How Could This Happen? Explaining the Holocaust. It's available on Audible, hardcover, and I I think on Kindle as well.
2: Well, thank you again. I appreciate it, Dan McMillan. This is a story that, that I just... Like I said, it means a lot to me, and I can't – and I don't feel – but I, at the same time, I don't feel like I know enough about it, and this this is going to give me a chance to learn more, and that's something that we all need to do. I was asked well, – I'll tell you this, and I'll wrap. I was asked one time at an event that I was at what, um, what news outlets or media outlets I recommended people – uh, get their news from and I said I shouldn't have to tell you that I think what people need to do is read books I think they need to read books that are based in history they need to read the Federalist Papers they need to read the Communist Manifesto and they need if you if you read a lot of history on your own and get a lot of different sources then you shouldn't need anybody to tell you uh, where you should you know get your information you'll, you'll start looking for it and you'll be able to recognize what's propaganda as much as possible and so that's why I always encourage people to read I don't know if you you agree with that assessment
4: or not. But. Well, you're never going to get an argument from me because I've read books my whole life and having written one, of course, I want everyone to read it. So <laughs> I'm really delighted, that, I'm delighted, that at least in you. I, I have another reader and yes. I know a reader who's really a reader who's really going to pay attention yes. and I really thank you for your interest. I appreciate it Well, thank you so much. All right. God bless. God bless you. Thank you, right.
2: Andrea. Now, y'all stay Bye. tuned. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break and we've got some... Uh, Dose of non-clarity for you guys brought to you by President Joe Biden. Stay tuned.
0: You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. Our 24-hour comment line is 844-814-5227. Speaking of comments, I was giggling skins during the break because I looked at, at this clip we're about to play And it's listed under categories, right? Subjects, Biden gaffes, mental health, and mental illness. (laughs) So if you're searching for this uh, audio site that we use to pull clips under mental illness, this is a clip that's going to come up and it's from Joe Biden today. Clip two.
0: But you have, we have a thousand billionaires in America. Know the average tax rate they pay? 8, E-I-G-H percent. percent. (laughs) 8%. But you have, we have a 1,000 billionaires in America. Know the average tax rate they pay? 8, E-I-G-H percent. percent.
2: (laughs) 8%. E-I-G-H percent. Can you imagine if Trump ever said anything that off the beam? This is humiliating. But it, 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 our it,
3: commander-in-chief.
2: Yeah. I don't know where he was speaking today. It doesn't matter because any time the president of the United States takes to the microphone, it's world news. Are we not the biggest laughing stock?
3: Oh, there is a reason why. You, I mean, I'm talking to you. You know it, But there is a reason why he campaigned from literally the basement.
2: Right. There's no way he's running in 24. No way. Last week, he's talking about let's go lick the world. There's no way this dude is running. He doesn't know where he is half the time. There was one clip we didn't pull because the sound wasn't very great, where he stops mid-sentence and turns around and says, don't jump. I don't even know who, I don't even know who was on. It had no reference to anything. It was just, it was bizarre. I'd like, literally, it's like, I, 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 is this like a, what I think, this? what I imagine like an Alzheimer. Alzheimer's patient uh, what is it Alzheimer and Alzheimer's patient to do and say but then he gets serious after he says hey don't jump to some people today and spells E-I-G-H for us how many two how many like second graders were were watching this maybe today and say hey ma he misspelled eight uh, here he is now talking about uh, uh, we're
3: over on time but I'm having computer issues so just give me a sec here
2: okay did we go to did we go to oh, break? We were
3: supposed to go to break 30 seconds ago, but the computer is having issues. Okay, so am I live? No, you're you're live. You can just go ahead and give out the comment uh number line one more time and tell people to stay tuned for hour 2 until I can get the music rolling.
2: Okay, so we're having some tech issues here in the middle of my stand-up routine with, with about Joe Biden. 844-814-5227 is our 24-hour comment line. We're over a break. Um hopefully we're going to have hour two here coming your way we got financial thought doctor with us we'll play this oh there's the music there it is hey you know what we're live radio people this is actual live radio we're not a podcast here but don't forget we do have a podcast it doesn't get, get uploaded all right stay tuned financial thought doctor coming up don't go away